Welcome to Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge and welcome to Two Weird Ways to Contact Hidden Parts of the Human Mind, What the Hidden Observer Is and How to Talk to It in Trance. Sarah was 30 years old, heavily pregnant and about to be married to the father of her soon-to-be-born child. She was positively glowing with the radiance of her fecundity, but something weird was about to happen. She'd come to see me for hypnotic help with childbirth, so that she could feel calm and relaxed and as comfortable as possible as her child made its appearance into the world. Before her hypnosis session, we talked about her life. Things were going well for her. She told me she was deeply in love with the father of her unborn baby and eagerly looking forward to getting married to him. Sarah then experienced a delightful, deep, hypnotic trance in which she visibly entered that velvety, safe and supremely calm state that you so often see in hypnotized subjects. I progressed her forwards through time to three months after the baby was born to a time where she was gently rocking her baby. I told her she could easily speak to me while deeply hypnotized. How's your baby? I asked. Oh, she's perfect. It was a really easy birth and I love her so much, she said. And what's her name? I asked her. And she said, her name's Amy. And how was the birth? Oh, really good. Everything went well. Then I suggested she travel further into the hypnotic future, three years ahead. And when she was there, I asked, how are things going now? Great, she said. Absolutely wonderful. And how's Amy, your daughter? And with a wide smile, Sarah said, Oh, she's great. She's just great. And how's your husband? I asked her. Oh, we got divorced last year, she said. Oh. Yes, looking back, it was never right, really. It was never right for me. And are you okay with that? Yes, I'm fine with that. He sees Amy a lot. We're both happily divorced. I was gobsmacked. Sarah had plainly told me before she went into hypnosis how much she loved Amy's father and how much she was looking forward to marrying him. But while in trance, she told me that they're divorced and that part of her had known all along that the relationship was never right. After she came out of trance, She had no recollection of what she'd told me during trance and once again seemed very sure she wanted to marry him. Four or five years later, I happened to find out they were amicably divorced. So what was going on here? It seems incredible that there's a part of us that knows what's really going on or what we really intend, even when we ourselves don't know or the conscious part doesn't know. Back then, and this incident took place nearly 30 years ago, I hadn't even heard of the hidden observer deep within the human mind. The researcher, Ernest Hilgard, discovered that there is a kind of body consciousness during hypnosis. You can talk to parts of the body that are damaged or being operated on during hypnosis, and those parts will give you a different version of events than the person who seemingly had the experience. So a person undergoing hypnosis can observe his or her pain without consciously being aware of any suffering. So I've hypnotically anaesthetized someone so that they can have a chemical-free operation and they'll feel no pain. Their mind consciousness feels no sensation. But if I ask their body consciousness whether it feels pain, it will tell me 
Yes. So a part of them feels it, but a part of them doesn't feel it. On one level, there's no pain. On another level, there is pain. A part of the person knows and sees what's happening, but it is hidden from the person's conscious experience. That sounds weird, doesn't it? And this discovery led Hilgard to conclude that there are different layers of awareness within people. He called them hidden layers. And one of these levels seems to be in charge of the others. And he called this the overseer, the part that sees it all. In Sarah's case, this hidden awareness, this overseer, wasn't associated with her body consciousness, but with her relationship. So where does this take us? Most of the time we can and should take people at face value. We shouldn't assume that there's always something hidden behind people's outward actions and uh, as if constantly asking, but what's the real reason, you know, why you, whatever. However, if you feel stuck with a client or think there may be some underlying reality that they themselves may not be aware of, then providing you tread carefully, you may be able to find out more. What you do with that information, that hidden perspective, has to be a judgment call and has to be managed carefully. But we need to be careful not to lead too much. So this is the first rule. People in trance are highly suggestible. If you ask leading questions, you can compromise the answers. Always use clean language. Don't say things like, I want to know the real reason. Just ask plain, direct questions. So I just said to Sarah, how's your husband? I didn't ask, are you still married? Now here are two tips on how to speak to the hidden observer. Firstly, I very rarely ask someone to speak during hypnosis as talking can break the trance state. However, when we make how they talk part of the trance experience, we can maintain the trance state. So for example, I might say, now, in a few moments, I'm going to ask you to talk. And when you do so, you'll notice that your voice can seem very far away. And somehow every word that you hear yourself speak can just allow you to go deeper and deeper into hypnosis, almost as if you're hearing someone speak, someone else speak down the corridor. So here we're effectively suggesting that talking will not only not break the hypnotic trance, but will actually deepen it. I might then explain clearly what I'm going to do. So I'm going to ask your unconscious mind whether there is any reason why you shouldn't overcome this blushing or whatever once and for all. If a reason does come to light, we can then negotiate with the unconscious mind to bring it to the point where it agrees to let go of the problem pattern. Number two, communicate directly with the body. When you observe your client deeply relaxed in hypnosis, sometimes they'll show slight flickering movements, often in the fingers. It's like observing a cat or dog dreaming where you can notice minimal muscle movements as the creature dreams through some activity such as chasing a rabbit. These minimal flickering movements also occur during human dreaming. We can use these natural idiomotor responses, IMRs, as a way of communicating with a hypnotized person's unconscious mind. So I might say, okay, when your unconscious mind is ready to work with you to stay free of those cigarettes, you can notice which finger flickers on your right hand. Or when you're ready to drift into that situation in your mind while feeling deeply confident, then one of those fingers can just make a little movement all by itself, a little signal to let me know when you're ready. Some therapists may set up a yes finger and a no finger to help keep communication clear, but there's a proviso. So the proviso is remember you're communicating with the unconscious. 
using idiomotor responses, IMRs, effectively is not a matter of asking someone to move their finger. That's a conscious request. Rather, we're asking them to notice which one of their fingers moves. In this way, we can communicate more directly with the non-conscious part. Okay? We're seeking an unconscious response from them. Be prepared to wait and stay vigilant. Sometimes the flicker is microscopic and fleeting. When I'm using the rewind technique for phobias or post-traumatic stress disorder, I sometimes ask people to notice that their head can just nod as a way of ascertaining that where they need to be within the process, so I know it's working. Again, the head nod is often a minimal unconscious movement rather than a conscious nod. So the hidden observer can sometimes be a source of hidden information, and sometimes you can directly appeal to it for information. And of course, there are other ways to communicate with the hidden observer, such as automatic writing, for instance. But in my experience, this tends to be rather slow and cumbersome, and so is of less value in therapy than the methods that I've described. Should I have revealed to Sarah what she told me during her trance? I don't think so. Intuitively, I judged that this marriage was something she felt she needed to do, and he did as well. And when we met again several years later, she told me that she thought it was right at the time, and it was the right thing to get married at the time. The divorce was amicable, and Amy had a good relationship with, her, with, with the father, uh, who was happily married to someone else, as was Sarah herself. In this specific case, although very interesting for me, discovering that a hidden part of Sarah had a quite different take on her life didn't really help with her therapy. But in other cases, it might. For example, because the hidden observer sees and can oversee the healing mechanisms of the body, we might ask it to help speed up healing. We human beings are magical, multi-layered, magnificent creatures. So, I hope you found that useful. I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and if you'd like to subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unk.com slash blog. That's unk.com slash blog. Mm -hmm.